What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome back to the Why Network. We interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Miss Karen Ortiz. Okay, now Karen is an administrative judge for the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and has been practicing attorney in government for over 20 years. She absolutely loves what she does and would be thrilled to share her story with us today. Karen, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go, Karen. Now, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you. Very, very good. Now, um, Karen, you got a very interesting uh, job title. I think a very uh, respectable and a very, you know, uh, one one that's in high demand or some that people, a lot of people aspire to. So, I really want to get the ball rolling right uh, today. So, let's go ahead and ask, why did you start doing what you're doing today? I had so there's t- I have two reasons for why. One was, um, you know, I grew up as a minority female in a pretty much an all white uh, town neighborhood area. And um, I didn't see myself represented uh, a lot in in many facets, not just in the school setting, but, you know, even day to day, uh, you know, interactions with uh, folks in the community. So I always felt that it was important to bring some visibility to people of color and women in color, women of color in particular. Um, and I always had somewhat of an interest in the law. And then another part, another reason um, why I pursued my profession is uh, I wanted to just to see if I could do it, uh, to prove something to myself and to prove something to my peers. So um, that was a big motivator for me. Perfect. Uh, that sounds great. So, I mean, how was the process like? Because uh, let's get the official title right for uh, what you do for real, for real. So is it like judge? I'm an administrative judge. Okay. And what I do in particular is I adjudicate cases where federal employees are alleging they were discriminated against in, in some way. So it's a very particular kind of law, but it really speaks to me personally. Um, having been on the receiving end of discrimination, um, and bias, it was such an important area for me to go into and uh, be a face for uh, the people who come before me. You know, they see a woman of color judge. Uh, I think that's important. I think it's important for there to be judges of all colors, ages, races. It's it just um, it's important that all our stories are part of the conversation. That is so important. I mean, um, again, you know, you can't have one in America. America is a huge melting pot where it's just like literally all immigrants. So you can't just have one race uh, deciding that, you know, or even uh, trying to understand or thinking that they understand uh, the other races and their situations and circumstances when they're in a completely different situation and circumstance um, and environment. 
Um, so it's good to have people who are in who came from that same environment and understand their problems and understand how they even uh, made it to that, you know, courtroom um, to, you know, give the proper, uh, you know, whatever. And I, I really appreciate that. And I really uh, understand where you're coming from. So uh, and uh, let me go ahead and ask you, you know, how, what the process was like to even get to uh, where you're at today. So like, you know, like how like how old were you when you really um, when it really clicked that this was something that I wanted to do and like how long did it take for you to get there? Well, it wasn't a straight line, I'll tell you that much. Um, mm -hmm. But my interest was first peaked when back in high school we did a, a mock a mock uh, Supreme Court argument um, about abortion rights and by chance I was one of the judges and I enjoy that experience so much of hearing both sides and weighing all the evidence and being able to render a decision that affects people's lives. It kind it stayed with me. Um, and so that was the seed that was planted. I didn't really um, embrace the seed until some a couple of years into my legal career. I always knew I wanted to um, enter public service. I knew that going into law school, um, I went to a school that really championed um, public service. So I started working for the government right out of the gate. And then I saw the different possibilities within, um, within the government of being a judge. And um, like I said, it wasn't a straight line. I had my journey. I had started off working for the Parks Department in New York City as just a general attorney. And then I leveraged that to um, get a position as a litigator for the Social Security Administration. I was there for quite some time. And then I actually took a year off and stopped working in the law altogether. I had a little bit of uh, a crisis. I would say not quite a quarter life crisis, but I was maybe closer to 30 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I took a year off. Thankfully, I had the means to do that because I had been squirreling away money. And I actually went and got my yoga teacher certification. I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of reading. And then I realized after about nine months that no, I really did want to keep going on in the law. So that was a really pivotal part for me. When I stepped back in, I stepped back into a position where I was an administrative law judge for the Taxi and Limousine Commission in New York City. Mm -hmm. So I was hearing taxi court cases, which doesn't sound glamorous, um, and but it really made me understand how um, it is so important to have judges at every level and every area who are fair and impartial and will really give people the benefit of the doubt. For the taxi court cases, I was dealing with people who sometimes their license to drive, their license to um, operate a yellow cab was at risk. And these are people's livelihoods. So what might seem like sort of a throwaway court setting to other people was really important to the folks who appeared before me. And then that's when it really, uh, that experience really galvanized my desire to kind of, to be a, a judge at a, I'll say higher level, but a, at a different level. Mm. So I start, so the path, like I said, the path wasn't a straight line. Um, mm -hmm. I realized that I needed different kind of experience too. I needed some managerial experience. And so 
I took a job with New York City Transit, uh, managing other attorneys. I picked up a, some skills that really have served me well. And then um, I had taken a test for federal, uh, for, for attorneys who wanted to become federal administrative law judges. And um, I was in that process. I had gone, taken a number of tests. I had gone to, been invited to Washington, D.C. to take a test there, an interview, and I got on the list. Okay. Um, so I thought I would come off that list, but it was totally, you know, how I ended up doing what I'm doing um, was very serendipitous. I saw a listing on a website called usajobs.gov, which is a great website where you can find tons of listings for federal jobs at entry level up through um, supervisory levels and very high level positions. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw a listing for an administrative judge opening at the EEOC office in New York City. I'm based in New York City, so I went, wow, this is this is like tailor made for me. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. on that other list, waiting to get off that other list, which could put me anywhere in the country. So mm -hmm. I applied and I got called in for an interview and it was like I knew I was supposed to be there. I had the best interview I've ever had in my life because I did my homework ahead of time. I was authentic and I truly, really wanted the job. So I got offered the job, and that was wonderful. Um, a few days later, President Trump issued an executive order which basically disbanded the list that I had been on for the other positions. Mm. So it, it was like all the pieces fell into place. I, that list was disbanded, but in the meantime, this other opportunity, because I was paying attention um, and I was open to all to different avenues and I didn't have my heart set on this one particular way to get to be a judge. I managed to find a position that was just perfect for me. So it was definitely, like I said, not linear. Um, no. As I went along in my career, I started paying attention to the signs, you know, what, where was my heart really at? Um, what type of work did I really want to do? And once I got super clear about that, the the opportunity just kind of materialized. It was almost Perfect. magical. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. And life has a way of uh, of doing that for you. If you want you, and again, yeah, this is my number one, number one, number one quote. Um, in order to get what you really want, first, you must be who you really are. And you got to figure out who you really are. I'm trying to tell you guys, like, it will all fall into place as soon as you start being who you are. And that was an excellent, excellent uh, how how the process was story. And just a, like a quick little mini question uh, before I move on to the next one. Like, how many years of college did it take? I know uh, some people want to uh, hear that part. So I did. I had I got a four year degree. Mm -hmm. um, English major. And then I actually took a year off after college and worked at a law firm. I worked for a criminal defense attorney. And that, I, I'm glad you asked that question because that even made me more uh, determined. Yes, I definitely want to be in the law. I didn't necessarily want to do criminal law, but I understood what the day-to-day -day of being in a law practice or being a lawyer would be like. And so that was so important because then I, I went to law school, applied to law school, knowing that I'd given myself at least a year to to really make sure that I wanted to go to law school. Law school was three years. It's not cheap. You know, it's very intense. So before I engaged in that, I wanted to make, uh, you know, an educated 
move, a strategic move. So that was critical. So it was the four years of college. I took one year just to work, and then law school was three years full time. Perfect. Great. Okay. All right. And let's move on to this next one. So you were talking a little bit about how um, in high school you played or they were playing a, a mock court thing and you you so happen to be the judge. I just want to know if there were any other childhood hobbies or habits that you may have had that you think matriculated to who you became today? It's an interesting question because my if I think if you would have asked any of my teachers growing up, they would have never seen this course. Um, I was very artistic. I liked to write. I loved to draw. I was very athletic. Um, and so I don't, I don't see necessarily a direct correlation, but I did um, fully throw myself into the things I loved. So I think that stayed with me. Once I kind of developed that passion for the law, I was all in, just like any of my hobbies. Um, I love also reading, reading different stories, and I think that translates into my current job as a judge because I do hear people's stories. They come to me and they tell me why they think they've been discriminated against, and um, they're, they're very vulnerable, and so I feel like having that experience of really Listening to people's stories, whether they're written or oral, has translated into me being able to sit back and say to a complainant who comes before me, what's what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Um, how do you feel? What are things like now in the workplace? And really get tease out that information in a way that um, serves my purpose, which is to meet out discrimination in the workplace. Perfect. And okay, let's go ahead and ask you uh, what an average day like is for an, an, an administrative uh, judge. Well, I would say I have more of an average week. Um, okay. I do. One of the things I love about my job is that I kind of control my calendar and I like to start the week off. Mondays and Fridays are usually writing days for me. And what I mean by that is I'm working on written decisions that are going to be um, issued in, in cases. Uh, I will also use those days to collaborate with my colleagues or my interns and talk about strategies for how I'm going to deal with a particular case. Um, usually Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I'm doing conferences with the parties and or I'm doing hearings. And those could be in person. Sometimes I do them by video teleconference. Uh, I do have cases that sometimes are uh, across the country or even overseas. And then I'll do a lot of telephone conferences as well. Um, so I kind of bookend my week because I, I know I'm stronger writing sort of at the beginning and the end of the week. So I bookend my week with that intense decision writing and collaboration. And then in the middle of the week is when I really um, engage with the parties. And like I said, that could be conferences or hearings or um, telephone calls, what have you. Perfect. 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 Okay. Uh, wow. That that was actually different than what I thought it was going to be because I thought it was actually going to be, I thought everything was going to be an in-person uh, type of situation. But, you know, that's very interesting that you uh, clarified that for everybody. Um, so, but let me go ahead and ask you this. Uh, what do you enjoy the most about your work? I love the that every day I wake up and I'm very clear about my mission and everything is mission focused. My job is to meet out employment discrimination and I love the mission, it just infuses everything I do. I really love um, talking to the parties. So uh, I'll meet, it's usually a complainant, maybe their attorney and the government attorney who's representing the agency 
And what I love the most is when I can engage them in a conversation and we can reach a settlement where the parties are both happy with the result and they walk away and there's no more litigation and the person feels like they have had some kind of, um, they, they have some kind of right, wrong has been made right and they've been recognized and there's a remedy and then they can move on with their life um, and that this doesn't have to consume them and they can be a, you know, continue to contribute to the workplace. So th that's like my best, what I really love is when I can find a solution. Um, I also love collaborating with my colleagues and my interns. I enjoy that interaction. I love hearing other people's points of view about a case. Um, I even love when we don't feel the same way about a case and we talk it out. And, I, you know, I can see where maybe my blind spots are. And uh, so that I find very uh, intellectually satisfying. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I got to ask you, you know, this question sucks after, but what do you enjoy the least? The least is, okay, so sometimes people aren't so happy to come before me and they can be rude and nasty and they can say nasty things despite me, uh, you know, trying to keep my courtroom in order. Um, some people are just, and they get in their own way and they don't realize that being nasty or rude to me isn't going to help them. Mm. Uh, it's not necessarily going to hurt them either because I don't take it personally, but it's just, it's not conducive to the process. So it's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've gotten people say people saying very nasty things. Um, so that's one thing. It's it's the exception, not the rule. But um, that is one of the things I dislike. Another is a lot of the administrative tasks I have. We do. Um, we have one law clerk for all of the judges in the New York district office. Mm. And so that's a challenge. However, I found that um, it's it's forced me to up my game in terms of how I can be more efficient. And so it's more of a challenge. Um, I don't love it that I have to do some administrative work, but I find ways to do it more efficiently. And so there's some um, satisfaction in that. Beautiful. All right. And let me go ahead and ask you this. So um, this is one of my favorite questions, actually. Uh, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success of your career today? No. <laughs> and the reason I say that, okay, so grades are, they're a way to get you to that next level. Obviously, if you do super well at undergrad, um, it's going to be easier to get into the law school of your choice. Um, however, the further you get away from your school time, the less grades matter. And I even tell that when I'm interviewing, um, when I was hiring attorneys and also when I'm interviewing for potential interns, I don't even want to see their transcripts. I want to see a cover letter, maybe a writing sample, but I want to have a conversation with them. Why do you think, you know, you want to work here? Articulate that to me. Let's, mm. you know, let's see what that's about. Let's explore that rather than, you know, a course you took, you know, five years ago that, you know, you had to take. Um, so I would say grades will get you from one place to the other, maybe a little more easily, but it's definitely not um, the end all be all. And I'll be, I'll be really honest with you and your listeners. Um, I was a mediocre law school student. I had a lot of fun. I worked really hard. Um, but at the end of the day, I was right in the middle. And um, and I'll tell you something else, too. I didn't pass the bar the first time. 
Um, so it's, that was a, a stumbling block that I needed to, to get past and I got past it. So even something like that didn't stop me. I just mm. kept going. So I would say, you know, grades in the long run aren't all that important. If you're meant to follow a certain path, you're going to get there. Perfect. And honestly, that was so beautiful. Um, again, cause I'm, I'm a part of the, the camp of, uh, grades really don't matter. It's really, um, what you're like, what drives you to even work there? Like, like, why, why do you want the job? And is it like something that you really, really want to do? Or you, you just got the grace for it and you're just like showing off your grade. You're like, nah, I, I got the grace for it. you. You should hire me. But that, that has absolutely nothing to do with your devotion uh, towards the task at hand and the, the, the opportunity, the job that, uh, that you're uh, applying to. So um, very grateful that you cleared that up. And uh, again, a perfect follow up question for that is uh, what do you feel your impact is? Um, what do you feel that you're devoted to? I, you already answered that question, I feel like, um, early in this interview. But uh, let's go ahead and re-clarify that for the audience real quick. Well, I think within within my office, you know, I, I, I bring a certain energy and, um, you know, I have a lot of outside experience. A lot of the folks in my particular agency have been there quite a long time. So I bring all this outside experience and um, I really like to explore how technology and things that are not necessarily in our realm, in the law realm, can add to our practice and make um, our process more customer friendly. Um, so I think I bring that to the office and um, I think it's it's so important, and you're right, I did touch on this before, but for, for people to see that judges don't all look like older white men, and there's nothing, that's not a ding on older white men. I, I had some of my best mentors were were white men who, who gave me a job, who gave me the opportunity, who mentored me. So I'm just saying that we all need to be um, visible, and when I see someone who comes before me and they are not expecting to me to look and sound the way I do. And there's like this wave of relief or this surprise. It's really cool. Cause you know, mm. I know they're thinking, Oh wow, I might get a fair shot here or they don't look like what I thought it looked like. Oh, and it, it kind of um, makes it clear that this is going to be a level playing field. Um, that's not to say that if a person of color comes before me, that they're going to get any kind of advantage over anyone else is that is not the case. But um I think in terms of uh, reflecting who we are as a country right now, it's I'm reflecting what we are as a country. We are a melting pot. There are people of color in every profession at every stage, and and I'm going to represent. Beautiful, beautiful. And we're winding down to that last question. Uh, so if there is one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in your position today, what would it be? I would say, um, bring joy to what you're doing. If you're not joyful at the core, um, you're just not going to be successful or happy. Uh, you know, and that goes for everything in life. But when you spend at least eight hours a day um, working, if you're not joyful through most of it, I don't know what why you would be there. 
Um, and you know, the, you, you can't find your perfect job out of the gate. Sometimes you can, but for me, like I said, it was a journey, but in every job I had, I found something to hook into that I found joyful. Um, whether it was as a taxi court judge, making sure these people felt heard and that they got a fair short, sh fair shot. That was very joyful for me. Um, what I do now is very joyful for me. So I think you bring, bring a sense of joy and, um, and don't uh, and leave your ego out the door, particularly with, you know, in, in my profession. Um, yes, you get called your honor. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just a human being and I'm making a decision in your case. So I got to check my ego at the door and do the job I'm there to do and find some joy in that. That is so, so beautiful. And Karen, you gave such a beautiful interview today, such a perfect one. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better interview from anybody else, um, Karen. So I really, really got to be thankful and grateful for you today. Um, now, Karen, uh, I, I know I don't know if you have anything that you want to, you know, let the audience know that you that you're promoting you have social media website or anything like that. But if you if you do, just go ahead and shout it out right here, right now, so that they, uh, my audience can go ahead and reach out to you. I appreciate that. Um, and you made this very easy and joyful for me. So um, I have an I have an Instagram handle. Um, there's some judgy stuff on there. There's some doggy stuff on there. But if people are interested in getting a peek into uh, what a normal judge is like, um, they can check out my Instagram, which is at MuttsUp, M-U-T-T-S-U-P. I'm a big dog lover, and so that's kind of at the forefront of my social media. But th thanks uh, for uh, the opportunity to shout that out. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and check it out anyway, because I'm going to, it sounds interesting enough for me to go ahead and give you a follow so thank you so much again karen I, I couldn't have asked for a better interview now folks there are three types of work a job a career and a calling most people have you're lucky if you find a career but you're truly blessed if you find your calling and i really hope that me and karen helped you find it here today and that is a wrap wait before you go make sure to hit that subscribe button and tell a friend also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YI Network for weekly Big Three takeaways. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn at YI Network. And if you or somebody else you know loves their job and would love to share on the podcast, email me at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Have a good day, guys.